Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas, and I'm here in the studio today with another wonderful guest, Daniel Donaldson. Daniel, it's great to have you today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. And we're here today to talk about your book, recently released book, The Mystery of the Blood Covenants. Yes, I'm very excited about it being out now. It's uh, been 40 years in the making and uh, a year in the writing, wow. and it's glad to see it actually in print. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. And so, Daniel, is this your first book that you've released? This is the first book of its nature. I, I, did, I did another book when I was in school, but not worth talking about. This is this is the first book uh, for Christians on a subject that should be of great importance to them, and that I think they'll really get to enjoy hearing more about. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm interested to see why you wrote the book and a little bit more about it for our listeners as well. But before we get started, Daniel, can I have you share a little bit of your story with us? Maybe the next five to ten minutes... I'd like to ask our guest to share a little bit about themselves with our listeners so we can see who you are and then kind of go into your book with that. Well, that's great. And and it's interesting because I, I did the same thing in the book. People will know immediately what I'm talking about because they've heard of it before, but they haven't heard me tell them about it. So the first chapter explains more about why this book should be changing their lives and mine and it did and how living the blood covenant kind of life changed mine is really why i want to write and share with others because i was born again as we say in in christian circles at my Mm -hmm. mother's knee literally when i was five years old leaning up against the side of my bed i remembered as if it was yesterday and i never lost touch with the bible or with the with the love of god generally speaking, because my parents loved me, and they brought me up in a, in a wonderful Christian environment. So I, I grew up, and I, and I also did not make the mistake of going to a college where they would talk me out of it. Uh, I actually went to a college where they would include Christianity as part of the framework for everything they taught, a, a really good, high academic uh, Christian college. And so that helped me be prepared with the, the study behind the book as well as just not losing that perspective that, that I received as I was growing up. But I also had to work for a living. And as I, I got married early, right, right while I was still in college, my senior year, uh, and then uh, have a couple of kids rather soon, I had to work for a living and I had to work hard and 60 hours a week. Uh, it was a very good job, but 60 hours a week plus a few dozen hours just commuting. And so it became very hard. It was a very stressful thing for my family, for my children, 
a young family trying to make ends meet, and then going to church every week and serving at, at, in different capacities, uh, doing things in the church like you're supposed to as a good Christian. And it was really getting tough, and it was uh, difficult for me to to hang in there, but I had to because if I, you know, I got nowhere else to go. I got no other God. Uh, so I'm just going to have to be good and suffer and, and work hard and not have that much money, but, but still love God and, and do the best I can. And, but it was getting tough. And uh, then my mom, God bless mothers, <laughs> she bought me a, a, a silly little cassette tape and said, Hey, you know, son, you really need to listen to this. I said, Oh, really? What's that? And she said, It's a tape I, I received from someone that uh, over the radio. I thought, Oh, great. Uh, and it, the only thing on the tape was the, the the blood covenant. I thought, Okay, well, that's nice. But I'm a well-taught person. I have scripture. I have knowledge. I have Bible scripture. I have the chesed. I I know all there is to know about the Bible. I've studied it in school, so this this won't take long. And then as the uh, the the tape went on, he started talking about things they didn't teach me in school, and I was sure that he had taken all of those references out of context and said things that weren't necessarily so or just uh, sounded good, but it really doesn't say that in Ephesians, does it? And so I, but I said, you know, I better study the Bible and see whether these guys, what he's saying is true. And I found out that every bit of it was true, but I just had never run across it. The blood covenant, as it was explained, and the importance of understanding all of the Bible and through the Bible, the, the will and word of God, that has to come through understanding blood covenant. And I went through a four-year college that never taught me blood covenant. It was not on the list of, of books. It was not on the list of, of things to study. It just We just assumed, hey, Lord, yes, it mentions the blood covenant in the Bible. But I didn't understand it, and it didn't have an impact on my life until I began to study it. And uh, study it, I did. And I, I, I really came to know it, and it made it difference in my life to understand the Bible through the prism of everything being blood covenant, and that's what it is. The Old Testament and the New Testament, those words mean the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So that means the Bible is about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And if we don't know them, what the differences are, and what the similarities are, and why the, the covenant is the name of the book we read to understand God, then we're missing a, a key element in understanding the Word of God. So that goes into a little bit about why I was inspired uh, with this book to write it. I feel compelled. Now that I'm older, I'm tired, I can get to work full-time for God instead of only part-time, and I can really uh, avail myself to being able to share with other people what I have learned in four decades of believing and receiving the wisdom of God on this subject. And I do want to touch on, you said you went to a college that was a Christian college, not to a secular college, we can call it, uh, that stole your attention or pushed you away from God. I think that's so common in the Christian world is that you grew up in the church, you know who God is, and then you go to a college and they take you away. The world is so strong there and we're inspired and we're persuaded and we leave the church and we leave our passions and sometimes even the the desires, you know, I would say the covenant, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's just, I think that's a good point that you made there. 
You're quite right. And one of the things they, they did was they said, yes, we are a Christian college, but we're a highly academic college. But mm-hmm. it's not just we also teach the Bible. The Christian perspective on life is in everything that they teach. And it keeps you grounded when you're looking through things that, that otherwise, uh, you know, they just their job is to unteach you the Bible and uh, to scoff at it and to replace it with uh, man's wisdom. And that's not a good investment, I don't think. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. This year's best conference for men to boost confidence, get inspired, and do great things. Men have so many responsibilities and stresses that they often feel weighed down by the world. The Manhole Virtual Men's Conference, November 21st, is part of a powerful movement to lift men, inspire in Christ, and encourage to be all fully armored and ready for battle. Get your $16 tickets today at virtualmensconference.net. When Jesus walked among us, he often spoke in terms that were often metaphorical. Through the Grace Note EQ podcast, David White brings a similar message to speak in terms and use illustrations that allow the listener to begin to engage in a journey of grace and to come to know the one who created their life, sustains their life, and invites to eternal life. Gain access to the podcast and other great tools at davidewhite.ca. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And secondly, you were talking about the New Covenant and the Old Covenant kind of represents the New Testament and the Old Testament. And so I do want to ask, what would your advice be to someone who believes, oh, I believe the New Covenant, I believe the New Testament, I don't need to, I don't even care about the Old Covenant. You know, what would you say to a person that has that mentality? I I would say, wait, <laughs> wait, no. No, you don't understand. You can't understand the new without understanding the old. Mm, our, point too. our covenant is reflecting the covenant with God and Abraham more than any of the others, but there is also God and Adam and Eve in covenant. There's also David's covenant. There's also so many other covenants that, that portray and illustrate what it means to be in covenant, and that our covenant is based upon the Abrahamic covenant and and why that's so important. And uh, I'll tell you, a lot of people are a little put off by the Abraham covenant if they don't know it very well, because all they know is, I have made a covenant with him. And then he says, that son of promise I gave you, go kill him. It's like, what? And, oh, why did he do that? Well, if you just use a religious mindset, you say, oh, he was just testing him. He was just trying to make sure Abraham was worthy of what I'm about to bestow on him. And nothing could be further from the truth. There is so much more to the mystery of the blood covenant. And we don't see it all portrayed in the Old Testament yet, because it said if the enemy knew what he was doing, he never would have crucified Jesus. He never would have done that if he realized what was happening when the truth that was done in the old covenant with Abraham was confirmed and the promise was realized in his seed, Jesus, in the new covenant. 
And so you have to understand both because one comes from the other. I think that's a great answer because have you heard people speak like this before? Like, I believe in the new covenant, not the old covenant. Have you heard I, this? I have heard people say that. Okay. And a lot of times they don't, they don't know what they believe in. They don't know what the mm -hmm. covenant is. They don't know how covenant works. Uh, they just know that Jesus died and his blood was shed. So I guess that's why it's called a blood covenant. But they really, they don't have the, the, the mystery that has to be revealed. The secret of enjoying covenant faith, covenant grace, covenant favor. And that's something that only comes from understanding how covenants work. And it's not, it, this will help you also as not just the Old Testament covenants, but the ancient civilizations, virtually every other world religion that goes back to ancestors, those are based on blood covenants also. And there's things that are the same, and there's things that are very different. And if nothing else, you can just appreciate why the new and better covenant is new and is better if you understand it in comparison to the old and not so good covenants that were transgressed, broken so often, and didn't always lead to blessing, sometimes led to calamity because people didn't, uh, didn't have what we have because they didn't know what we can know. Um, yes, you said the title already. And so without giving too much away of the book, can you explain the difference between a blood covenant and just a normal covenant? Maybe a vow for marriage, for example. Compare it with that. That's an ex excellent question. And, and marriage really kind of uh, crosses the line from a normal agreement, quote-unquote, agreement, uh, a compact, a, a, a promise to one another. That's on one side of a blood covenant, and then the blood covenant is on the other side. But in between there, we can see, and I, that's one of the things I study and I share in here, is how uh, the blood covenant is the basis for a marriage covenant. Because, and you'll see it. Oh, you'll see it so wonderful in here. All the things that, that happen from, right down to a wedding cake. Why is there a wedding cake? Why do they toast the, the, the bride, the groom? These are parts of blood covenant ceremony. Why do you have one group of people on the one side of the church and one on the other side? They represent the bride and the groom, and they are there to testify to the covenant promises being made. Oh, it's such a rich thing. That's why there's such an attack on marriage as being a covenant relationship between one and another and your God. Because that is something that the enemy doesn't want us to consider. They just want it to be a, a consensual arrangement, mm -hmm. like uh, something that was not a blood covenant. Hey, well, well, if this works out, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it together. If not, we'll move on. And that's just not the case. But there are covenants, of course, other than the marriage covenant. Hey, it's just like a contract, your insurance yes. contract, your house mm -hmm. you bought, your sold. Those are all based, actually, on making covenants. That's great. And I do want to talk about the responsibilities of a covenant. So breaking down God's responsibilities and our responsibilities, because let's say like your insurance contract, you have responsibilities and they have responsibilities. So can you explain that a little bit more for our listeners as well? Well, yes, because that, that's where the dimensions and the types of covenant change so dramatically because it, it, making covenant doesn't change. But what we have to do 
to remain in this covenant relationship in right standing is very different than what had to be done in the covenant that Moses put out there for the for the children of Israel who demanded a different kind of a covenant that was based upon what they did. Uh, they said, "What you, you ask us to do, you go to God and you tell him, whatever you ask us to do, we will do it in their confidence, in their ignorance. They said they could do that. And he said, okay, try this. Here's 10 covenants, uh, 10 covenant promises. And they broke two before he ever got down the mountain. <laughs> so it was not, uh, it, it, it's a point is, if you have an insurance agreement, you, they're going to insure your car against accidents. You're going to pay them. If you pay them and then have an accident, they'll cover it. But if you don't pay them, they will not cover it. Your obligation to that covenant is to make those payments so that you can live in the house that they actually still own until you get rid of that debt. That they own that you know that they will help you with the the problems you have with your car, and they'll keep it working and they'll restore it if you need to, as long as you keep your part to pay for it. But if you don't, hey, there's one thing. There's one thing. There's a grace. What if you accidentally miss your payment? You could oh, it's not paid. I'm di- oh wait, I have a grace period, and they'll warn you. You got a grace period. That means even though you didn't meet your covenant obligation. You're going to be covered as if you were in covenant right standing because we're going to give you 30 days grace. Isn't that awesome? Now, what a good picture. The new and better to our faith, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's really good. Yes. And now, now the new covenant, the new and better covenant has a, a grace period that lasts the only as long as eternity because. All we have to do is believe that Jesus Christ will keep the covenant, and his covenant is with God, who will also keep the covenant, and we won't be required to make ourselves perfect so that we can stay in that covenant without ever breaking it. The ones who never break it are them. The ones who benefit from his being our covenant partner, instead of trying to, you know, sound like he asked us to put our blood on the line, he doesn't. He put his. So now his blood has to remain holy. His his righteousness, his peace, his joy, his capacity to operate has to be perfectly with the Father and the Son. It can never be broken, and it never will, and neither one will break their covenant. So we, in the new covenant, get to rely on his grace, his power, his love, his being, God's chosen who did exactly what he said to do, and offered himself as the covenant sacrifice so that all we have to do is accept it and then just learn it and and believe in it and follow it. I like it. And that's the mystery, you know. Why would a God lend his only son to be a sacrifice? You know, that's the mystery of the love that he has for us, the grace and the faith and favor that you're all talking about. It's a great thing. It's exactly right. Why? One of the first things that, that got me so upset about this is that I would look at Abraham's covenant with God, and he was asked to kill the son. Mm-hmm. He never explained why. God never said why to do it. He didn't make a case for it. But he, that's because he was in covenant relationship with him. And when you're in covenant relationship with someone, you can ask them to do a favor for you. And if you ask them to do a favor for you, 
They have the choice of whether or not they're going to do that favor. And if they choose to do it, it's because they trust you as their covenant partner. They know that you will keep your word, and all they have to do is believe that and then do the favor you asked, even if the favor is unreasonable. Hey, this is the son of promise, no other, but you're asking me to kill the son of promise. How can that possibly be? I don't care. My covenant partner told me to do it, and and the next day he's on the road to do his three-day trip to go sacrifice his son. And there's so much in that we don't have time for. Oh, but, but the point is, it's because he trusted his blood covenant partner, not because he was perfect. He wasn't perfect. We know we 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 heard him, you know, fudge a little on who's what who's who the wife was. We know that he wasn't perfect, but it wasn't based on his perfection. It was based on I will account you as righteous because you believe me. And when he said, Go do this, I believe him. I don't know why. And he couldn't tell him why, because it's a mystery that couldn't be known until it was revealed that there because because Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son, again, a favor under covenant is a favor that you ask. If he accepts it, he does it for you. And he is under no obligation. But if you ask him to do it, you are obligated to return that favor. That's what was going on. God was obligating himself to return the favor that he asked of his covenant partner. I think it's great how we can parallel that story with our daily life with God, how he tells you to do something. Hey, go here, give this, say that, don't do that, you know? And like you say, it's the mystery. You don't have to know why all the time. You know, definitely during coronavirus, that's a very real thing that we all had to experience. And we had to do things that weren't comfortable, that weren't easy. And that's the mystery you know, of the covenant. We're in partnership with God in this. We are. And and grace is twofold. Grace says, even if you don't measure up, as far as I'm concerned, because the blood of Jesus makes your mm-hmm. sacrifice perfect, he's perfect, I, I see that perfection in you, even though you don't line up with it. But the grace that allows that also enables us to do what we don't think we can do. And that's why there's so much talk uh, in, the, in the, the New Testament about even when I'm weak, then am I strong. If I put my trust, my hope, and my confidence, and that's all he's asking us to do. What's our job? Our job is not to be perfect, not, not to do everything absolutely right, but it is to believe that he did and that I can, through him, do what without him I could never do. And knowing that, it, it just it, it changes your perspective on the love of God. He's no longer a demanding God that says, oh, I said, do this. Ah. Uh, it's a God that I know if he said to do that, it's because he's going to give a greater return on that investment on the other end of this. He's, uh, Jesus said, hey, can I borrow your, uh, your, your boat? I sure would like to be able to talk to these people here. Uh, may I borrow your boat? Sure. They didn't have to. They chose to. That means if he asked them to do a favor. Yes, you can borrow it. Then he obligated himself to do a favor in return. And when he was done, fill that boat to overflowing. They didn't understand faith. They didn't know how that worked. But they they believed him that he would return it. And and the return was, was fantastic. When we 
when we trust God, do what he says, he, he's so ready to return the favor. It, it's what he loves to do. And he can do that. He can accept our prayers because they're based on covenant. He can, he can, he can give us grace because of our covenant. If, if I didn't have, a, a, going back to that insurance, if I didn't have an insurance uh, signed between me and that insurance company, I wouldn't be able to use their grace. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have grace available to me. But because I, I did sign, I do have that grace available. If we put ourselves in a, a right relationship with God through accepting not just that Jesus saved us, but that Jesus made a blood covenant with us, then we get more than just fire insurance. We get, we get to have a better relationship with God than we possibly could without understanding the covenant that's behind it. I'm encouraged. Definitely. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> and we already mentioned a little bit about how this book, a book like this was not available to you through the 40 years that you've been living, you know, and so how might this book benefit the readers or our listeners here today? Well, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I, I appreciate so much some of the endorsements that, that I received that, that did a better job of <laughs> saying that than I could. But what, what they're saying is, you know, I've, I read uh, E.W. Kenyon, I've read uh, what, and then that was interesting, but where did Kenyon get? It, it was from H. Clay Trumbull. Well, let's read Dr. Trumbull's book, 300 pages, little dry, 1800s. But, you know, all the things that I could pull together, all that I could learn from the studying the Bible from the perspective of this, as well as the, the background, I, I did that so you won't have to. You're welcome to. But I can deliver through this a, a better understanding of why David felt comfortable that he could go take the head off of a 10-foot giant when, when he was just a child. It wasn't because he was strong. It wasn't because he was uh, supernatural. It's because he understood his covenant. He, 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 it was covenant behind that. The covenant explains why Cain's sacrifice was so unacceptable. It wasn't that he didn't like fruit and vegetables. <laughs> it was blood covenant required, something he wasn't willing to give. And it just goes on and on that that uh, David and Mephibosheth and uh, the, the, all of these all these old characters are just showing us illustrations of what's fulfilled in Christ Jesus in the new and better covenant. And then when you when you get to that part, then you can realize that only the right understanding of the blood covenant can convey to you the mindset that God was dying to give you. Uh, only the covenant can give you the secrets to having a greater level of faith and extremely effective prayer life. This so changes your prayer life. You're going to your covenant party. You're going to your covenant father. You're not going to an almighty God who may or may not answer your prayers. You're, you're not going on the, on the basis of how you feel and how bad it makes you feel to, to need this thing that you don't have. It's not based on that. It's based on, on his covenant promises. And all of those covenant promises are yes and amen, instead of some, maybe yes, maybe not, depending on whether or not you broke the covenant. And uh, it changes the way that your perspective on life is as it comes to a re right relationship with God. And the thing that bothered me most much of my life was a sin consciousness. You know, the, the better you try and be, the more it frustrates you when you aren't. <laughs> and, and you just, and when you go to, 
some churches, they're just going to remind you of how uh, you don't measure up. And, and we understand that. But the, the blood covenant makes you more conscious of the sin that he eradicated than the sin that you committed. And once you have that, you have freedom. You have peace with God, righteousness, peace, joy, love, praise. And you bring glory because of his grace. And then that leads to more righteousness. And that leads to more peace. That leads to more love. That leads to more prayer and praise. That leads to more glory. And that leads to more grace. And it's just a revolving circle of, of, of spiritual life that grows because of the, the first element of all of that is understanding the grace that is the basis of the blood covenant. And hearing all that, it makes me say, wow, who is this God? How good is our God? You know, that's definitely even more of a mystery. It's like, why would, if it's a covenant and we're a partner and he's giving, 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 you know, he gave his son and now he's giving promises. It's like, what did I do, you know, to deserve this or to be a part of this covenant? It's so good. So awesome. And, and those that want to shy away from the, the, the person of the Bible that they don't necessarily feel comfortable to understand, when they see this from the perspective of God and what he's attempting to do, what he's bringing into the earth through the covenant promises and being fulfilled and, and, and added to and added to until it gets to the point where he can reveal his son, wow, you see, you see God is is better than you knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then when you couple that with what the Word of God tells us about freedom from, from sin, sickness, grief, and fear, that God's will is to bless you, and that the, the, the very knowledge of God is, a, is understanding that he said God is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that doesn't mean crawl to a, a shrine on your knees. That's not diligent. <laughs> Reading his word, understanding it, comprehending it, because your eyes have been opened to the covenant promises that are the, are the basis for just about everything he's telling us. That is going to be a much more effective and diligent way to find out just how good a God we serve. Hmm. It's a great message. I'm very interested in your book. Definitely. I'm not just saying that because I'm the host today, but it's really intriguing, really. I can't tell you how pleased I am to have the opportunity to share what this is all about and hopefully get into the hands of more people because I, I, can't, I can just talk so much to the, the handful of folks in my, my local church, but if I can get this book into the hands of more people, I know it's going to have as good an effect on their life as it did on mine. What a journey, right? It said you said it took about forty years to write this book, or forty yeah. years of living, yeah. one year of writing, and so it, that's I'm, exactly I'm right. Forty years of living, one year of writing. I I, I started mm-hmm. out on this venture in nineteen eighty, and uh, here we are uh, at mm-hmm. the close of of twenty twenty, uh, ready to uh, ready to share it with the world. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. And I do want to mention for our listeners, this book is available on Amazon. You can search Daniel Donaldson and The Mystery of the Blood Covenant. So that is available there. I think it was 11 something, 
that I saw today. How much is it guess, selling for? It's about uh, the it, it it runs. Uh, there's a hardcover, there's a paperback, and then there's the uh, the the Kindle, and they run from uh, you know, eight to fifteen to twenty five dollars, depending on which one you you go for. And just by the way, it's the Covenants with an S. Uh, most books Covenants. on the Covenant don't have the S, so by that. By, it'll make it a little easier to find the mystery of the book covenants if you be sure to add the S to the end of the word covenant. Yeah, thanks for adding that in there. And also, again, thank you so much for being a part of the show today, Daniel. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Oh, yes. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share what has only been a, <clears throat> a blessing to my life through receiving and accepting and trusting your word. And I thank you, Lord God, for those that are listening to this podcast with an interest in having a more intimate relationship with you, having a more comfortable father-child relationship with you, having a better understanding of the foundations of grace and faith and favor. <clears throat> thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing through making this available. And I thank you for the blessing that it is to everyone who hears it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.